Hello, thank you for joining me on this episode of Dropping the Plumb Line. It's December 5th, 2021, and last night we began celebrating the 10th month of the Hebrew Covenant calendar known as Tevet. I want to spend time talking about what is that blueprint, what is Tevet, and the tribe of Dan that is associated with this month, and what is God saying, because he gave me a dream. I want to share that dream with you in this podcast. So let's first talk about the word Tevet. It actually means good circumcision. And for you men that are listening to this podcast, you're probably like going, what's a good circumcision? Because they're very painful. And I watched my son get circumcised and he was just wailing and screaming. I just did, I had to do everything in my power not to run in that room and snatch him from the doctors because it just seemed so horrible. But um, isn't it interesting that we still um, do that practice of circumcision, even today. And it really started all the way back in Genesis 17, when God spoke to Abraham and said, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I'm making this promise to you. You're going to be a blessing. You're going to multiply. Kings are going to come out of you. And this promise that I have for you, the sign and the seal of that is circumcision. So for every male that is born on the eighth day, you must circumcise them and set up, set them apart for to me. Now, when when the children of Israel multiplied and then came to Mount Sinai, God called them his firstborn, his holy nation, and the circumcision was still a part of uh, the rituals that they had to go through uh, to be in covenant with God. Now, why did he do that? Well, this was a whole blueprint and a foreshadowing of how Jesus would come and he would take this Abrahamic covenant and he would perfect it um, in his work of the first and second coming. But in his first coming, he sent forth the Holy Spirit that ended up uh, coming into our hearts when we accept Jesus and his sacrifice. And he, the Holy Spirit, is that sign that circumcises our heart. It says in Romans uh, 2.28, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So what Paul was talking about here in Romans is he was making this distinction between the old covenant circumcision and the new covenant covenant circumcision, when the Holy Spirit cuts to our heart, when we ask Jesus in our heart, and he puts the the law in our heart so that we are empowered with God's truth, and then we can walk it out and be his witness in the earth. So circumcision is a good thing. And then as we go through our journey with the Lord, we come into this abiding place. And when we're willing to allow God to examine our hearts, he starts cutting off these things that we've adopted mindsets or people or, you know, traditions or falsehoods, whatever it is, um, he starts uh, cutting them out and, you know, pulling them away from us so that we can be uh, uncovered into the truth and, and enter into more of his increase in his glory. So this is a good thing. So this month of Tevet, it's a good circumcision. It is a time that we're supposed to come into this place of rest 
and allow the Holy Spirit to circumcise our hearts. Ask the Lord if he would judge your heart. And so let the Holy Spirit speak to you because, you know, we go through this uh, journey as a Christian and God just starts cutting a little wa- a little way here and there and we just go from glory to glory. He's not going to chop every single thing off of us that um, isn't good or things that we have, you know, I don't know, made traditions of because we wouldn't be able to handle it, handle the the new thing inside of us. He knows exactly how to, you know, bring us forward in this maturing process. And so this next three months and actually four months, because we have an extra month of Adar this year, is this, these four months of rest an increase of God's glory. If you look around the tabernacle, you see that uh, the northern tribes that uh, were there, that were situated around the tabernacle of meeting, was the tribe of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. And Dan was the one that was in charge, and so his flag represented that side. Well, he had the flag or the banner of the eagle. Now, what do eagles do? They go up high. They rise up high so that they can have this great, and they're great with their eyes, right? They can see things from miles away. And then they, they, they fly with the wind. Then, so they're soaring and they're not going against the grain. And so they're just a beautiful, um, you know, bird to watch just soar in the sky. But there's so much we can learn from the eagle and the Lord calling us to be his eagle eagles to come up higher so that we can see things from his perspective. And as we do so, then he increases our discernment. Now, this is something that we totally need right now. And God is about ready to give it out in a greater portion than we've ever seen. Why? Because we need it. We need to be able to distinguish what is right and wrong, what is left and right, what is his way and what is not his way, what is falsehood and what is um, true. And so God, as we spend time in the that resting zone in the prayer and worship and reading his word. And we just seek his face and like ask him to bring that increase. God is going to be so faithful to give us what we need. He's going to supply all of our riches and um, his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we as a remnant are going to come into the fullness of this hour that we're in. He wants to give us great revelation and strength so that we can move out in the spring season and so seeds for his kingdom and be a solution ahead. So one last thing I want to share about the tribe of Dan, who is the leader of the Northern Brigade that sat around the Tabernacle of Meeting, as well as the ones that were called to the rear guard when they went out to to war. So they were positioned in the back, in the back, watching for the sneak attacks in the back door. And so I like to talk to people and say, you know, it's kind of like when you're in the holidays and you're with your family and your friends, and you know, you say, hey come on into the back door. I'll leave it open for you. Just come on in, you know? And so your guard is down. It's people that you know and you trust. And then all of a sudden a conversation comes or they do something that is betrayal or rejection or, you know, brings forth division or some angst in your heart. And the next thing you know, you're at war within yourself or with that person. And so the Lord says, you know, this is a month to stand guard for the familiar. Don't go there and and take the bait of of what the enemy is trying to come in to um, pull you back instead of allow you to move 
up ahead and move forward with what God has for you. And so this is a month to really kind of key in on that discernment and to really watch yourself and your lips, get your lips, you know, circumcised with the Lord, get your heart circumcised with the Lord. And that way it's going to keep you out of trouble, even with people that you love and you know. Now, John the Revelator, you know, the one, the one in whom God, uh, Jesus, uh, said he loved, right? He was the one that sat with Jesus and was taken up um, on top of the mountain of transfiguration. He was the one that um, Jesus really revealed a lot about the kingdom of God. And then we get that perspective in the gospel of John. And then John was the one that was uh, set aside on Patmos, the island of Patmos, and he was given the book of Revelation as well. And that vision, because he went up, he got to climb up where the eagle soar and have a perspective perspective from God's throne of what the kingdom of heaven is like and how he's trying to bring it here to the earth and what was going to transpire up ahead to bring that redemption and reconciliation. And so this is a great book to focus on if you're just looking for a place to, uh, where should I read the Bible this month? Oh, start going into the, to the book of John and spend the next couple months just like diving in and, and getting the heart of God in that. He talks so much the kingdom of God is like. I know Jesus says, I do only what my father does. And he, you know, he and I are one. And so you kind of get this coming into this rhythm and this heart of God. So let's talk about the name of Dan, which means to judge, because God wants us to get into a position where he can entrust us to judge matters that are before us. And we cannot do that unless we have the mind of Christ and we're walking in his truth and his way. In Matthew um, chapter 19, 28, Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have Followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And so God's heart is for um, us to come into this knowledge and understanding of his word so he can trust us with his priesthood as well as his kingship, which then um, really produces in us an ability to judge matters because we have his authority, judge matters of the heart, judge situations, be able to um, execute his judgments. And that doesn't mean like the wrath of God. It means using mercy and truth. It means having that understanding right in between them of his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in all matters so that the hope of his glory, the riches of his glory, and the inheritance of the saints is seen here in the earth. Now, I want to take you back to Judges, the book of Judges, because why do we have that book? Well, we have that book because Joshua went into the promised land and the children of Israel were distributed land allotted to them according to the promise that was given to Moses and the children of Israel um, at Mount Sinai. And it really is an extension of the Abrahamic promise. And so they all got their land and they were doing very well with God himself being their head, being, the, you know, their, their, their king in the promised land. And Joshua was an extension of his authority. Uh, and then when Joshua died, you know, the children of Israel were told by Joshua right before that, hey, now remember this covenant, walk in his ways, his truth, obey his voice, and you will continue to see yourself prosper in the land. And the enemies will continue to be underneath your feet. But of course, when 
when Joshua died, the children of Israel started to adopt all of the idolatry in the land, and they started walking away from God's voice and his ways. So we go to chapter 2 in verse 10, and it says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Kind of sounds like America, where our forefathers understood the plan, the plan, the providence of God that sent him here and why he birthed this nation so that everyone could receive and freely worship Jesus as their king and their savior. And then they would be able to freely go out and share his good news. And then over the generations, uh, we've adopted what the enemy wanted to uh, infiltrate uh, into our systems and our culture. And so we've kind of strayed from our, 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 you know, our purpose actually, and our identity as a nation. Uh, nothing new under the sun, right? Okay. Verse 11, then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. And the Lord, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hand of the plunderers who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. So God allowed this rise of the enemy. This was his doing. You know, when we see the enemy right now uh, really overtaking this nation, you know, you have to ultimately say this is God's doing. Why? Because his people have strayed from his ways. Our nation has strayed from his ways. And so he has allowed the enemy to rise up and to defeat us or to, um, you know, to be over us. But we're not going to stay here forever because God didn't even let the children of Israel who did not have Jesus or his sacrifice that is perfect and his mercy that's stripping, um, keep them and, you know, cleanse them. But we do praise God. And so back then in the Old Testament, God would have a set time with which he would raise up the adversary. And at a set time, then he would raise up judges to help lead the children of Israel back into the chambers of God's heart and his ways. But it didn't happen until the hearts of the people were rent or they were like, and to the end of themselves, their stubborn stubbornness was was like they were like pliable because they were tired of trying to continue doing it their own way, and they were totally beat up. I think we're coming into that zone and that place. We're not quite there yet as a body of Christ, but we're gonna get there because God is bringing us down to this holy stump or this seed, so that we can be raised up back into His glory, and so we're. In in this transition, and he's going to use people that have allowed the circumcision to go in, you know, you know, to work in them, a good work in them, so that they can be entrusted to uh, exercise this judgment or this authority to help the body of Christ, and then, of course, this nation. 
So those are just a few highlights of this month of Tibet and what it's all about. I encourage you to read the story of Samson. He came from the tribe of Dan and we see this, um, uh, I don't know, just through his story, you can kind of see the work of circumcision uh, working in his life and finally God getting his way into his heart and he's having a spiritual understanding of why God gave him his gift. Sometimes if we don't allow God to come in there and we just go and exercise the gift that was given to us uh, without repentance, it was just given to us um, because God designed that, we can just go off on our own and we can use that gift and it can actually hurt others or can hurt ourselves or we're just using it for self-gain. And we see that in um, the story of Samson. And then we see how um, through um, the circumcision or his circumstances, uh, Samson comes to the end of himself and he gets a spiritual glimpse or eyes to see of how God wants to use his gift to help further the preservation of life of his covenant for his people and to take the strongholds or the government of the Philistines down. And that's an amazing story. And actually, God um, showed me that story when President Trump got uh, elected. He showed me that he was kind of like a Samson and that by his uh, getting into the office, he was going to start exposing some of the iniquity behind the scenes in government and take some of the structures down, uh, the scales down from our eyes and the strength of those structures uh, down so that we could, the shaking of that would be able to bring us into this uh, new awakening and the restoration that America really, really needs. So the last part of this podcast, I just want to share the dream that God gave me. And when I had the dream, I woke up the next morning and I got a text from a girlfriend in San Diego and she had a dream and the dream said that God had given me a dream that had something to do with what what, what was up ahead. And so I pretty much flipped out when I got that text in the morning. So here's the dream. So I was in this room that was located at a school. Now, just to give you some background, I am a board member of this charter school here in Sandpoint. And so it was familiar to me in this dream that I was kind of at that school, but I wasn't at that school. You know how dreams are like are like that. It's like you don't recognize the room, but you kind of get the familiarity of, you know, the circumstances that you're, you're already in. All right. So I was in this room located at the school and the room had desks that were shaped in a U because we were all sitting around and we were looking at this one guy who, you know, who all the attention was on and he was behind a single desk and he was sharing and he was, uh, the man was sharing these details of this event that had taken place, um, in the school with some of the students. Now in the conversation, he was giving his rationale of why he forced these kids to follow his instructions because it was for their own good. And he was justifying just shoving these kids down in their seats. Now, I was listening with all the others. And at first, when he shared, it kind of seemed logical why he had, you know, done what he had done, the way he justified it. It just seemed, okay, I get it. I understand why he did that. And then it dawned on me at that moment that 
um, that he was the, one of the teachers. I'm like it, it didn't dawn on me until that moment. And that we were all in this board meeting, but the principal of the school was absent. And I really didn't recognize anyone, of, you know, in my on my board at the school. You know, it was different people that were sitting around. Um, and I looked behind me and I saw uh, a guy that was like kind of like a stenographer. He was typing, he had glasses on, and he was like one of the teachers as well. And he was taking notes of what was taking place in the meeting. And then uh, when the guy that was giving us this, um, you know, this account of the story of what happened with these kids, um, I looked around the room and everyone in kind of in unison kind of nodded and they were kind of coming in agreement with the man's story, his rationale and why he did it. And I kind of started uh, feeling myself doing it as well. And then all of a sudden I kind of snapped out of it and I recognized, wait a minute, I'm a board member here and I have been given God's ability to judge this situation and to see it rightly through the governance of the school's rules and its laws. And I just started kicking into that authority. And so then all of a sudden, um, he came around the table and um, he came to me and I had to speak as, you know, God gave me utterance and I told him that what he had done was not right, that as a board member, I would have said that that went against the rules and the laws and, you know, he would need to explain himself why he went against the rules. Now, the man got up from the table. He was really disheveled when I said that and he left the room and then all of a sudden I looked out the room and on one side of the wall, there was, there it was just a uh, window after window after window so that you could see outside of the room. And what was, what was transpiring outside the room and in front of those windows outside were all these men that were lining up like in formation, like an army uh, facing the window in these black robes and their hoods were over their heads. So I couldn't see their faces. And on the bat, on the robes was one gold stripe that ran from the top all the way down to the end. And as they kind of lined up across the windows, the room started getting darker and darker because there was no light able to shine through into the into the room anymore because they were covering it up. And when I looked out, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I started flipping out because I thought. Ah, if I just kept my mouth quiet, this wouldn't be happening. And I was really concerned about um, how this situation was going to lead to maybe harming the kids. And so I looked at the recorder, you know, the stenographer, and he was still recording what was going on. And then all of the sudden, I got up from my place and I walked to the door and I, I decided that I had to go through that door and walk out. And the minute I walked out of that door um, and just faced it, all of that darkness started just dissipating like a vapor. It just went, whoosh, just, it just like, just it like a breath of, like, like a wind came and just wiped it out. And then I kind of woke up from my dream. So I was asking the Lord what that dream and that interpretation of that dream meant. 
and the gold stripe down the black robe, by the way, um, was really an indicator to me of this um, false light um, that had really was robed in darkness, and that really stuck out really big to me. So we can be fooled. We need discernment to recognize um, something that might appear to be good for us, and yet it's cloaked in darkness. So anyway, so in this dream, I really felt this had everything to do with the seed, the remnant, the man-child, because we're supposed to be like childlike in faith. We're like God's kids, right? And we were of that childlike faith. We are in this system right now that is disguised to us all the way up until this time. Now, God's opening our eyes of discernment. Um, that's something that is good for us and the, even the kids. Um, and we've bought into this system and we've listened to our authorities and our leaders. The teacher was actually in, an, in a position of leadership and authority over the children. And God has his remnant right now in these key positions, which is me. I was undercover as a board member while this guy was giving his story. He had no idea that I was a member of the board. And um, I represented that, mem- that remnant in this dream. And we're not in plain view to the enemy or even, you know, to, to you know, even our own of family, really, um, but we are known by God, and they, we are going to be called out to speak in these places with God's wisdom and discernment and truth to start dispelling and breaking the illusion of the story. And um, it's kind of like when Moses was given instruction to let my people go, and he went before Pharaoh, and then you know he spoke what God told him, and yet what happened to Pharaoh is that he started to release greater burden on the children of Israel and making them, you know, make more bricks or bricks without border. And, you know, their, their work was harder and the children of, of Israel really got despondent and disheartened and got angry at Moses. And we had to keep that story in mind because I, I was reminded of that story even like when I was talking, uh, t- doing this video right now and last night is that that story is key because as we step out, and we start going forward and what God is giving us to do because we have his discernment. We know what, what's happening. We're seeing, we're discerning. Our hearts are circumcised. We have God's judgment on the matter. And now he says, now open up and speak so that he can use our words and bring that increase to break it open, that there's going to be a reaction. And so there was a reaction when I spoke in that board meeting. And as I as the enemy is going into formation and they're building strength because they know that those words are already starting to set forth into motion the freedom that is coming on the other side of that to set the captives free of the illusion and the the system that has enslaved God's people. The enemy is reacting and they're starting to form a union uh, to uh, bring God's people into this like prison or entrap them and to get them, you know, whatever they can do to keep them contained. And so um, that is going to probably transpire up ahead. And we are called right now 
to recognize this hour that we're at because God is recording everything that has been transpiring as of late. Because remember, Jesus is coming back for the nations and he's going to judge and rule the nations. And he is going to use us to bring forth this transformation or this transition to bring Jesus and his angelic army into the fullness of his set time to do a work that we cannot do. And it's going to be through our partnership with the Holy Spirit and what he says to speak and what to say, how to obey and um, you know what to do. And so even in our obedience to step out and God stepping in in the spirit and doing something that's going to tip the bowls and causes glory to be released, there's going to be a reaction from the enemy and we are called not to fear and to know that we're, we're supposed to recognize this and continue stepping into the door that God is calling us to step into so that it, this thing will dissipate at his time. And so uh, that is a huge portion of this of uh this interpretation that I got of this dream and I felt like it was for America as well because I saw America being surrounded by this thick black wall of these robes of people and I'm going to call them like robes of righteousness but they're not righteous and they're they're doing things maybe that appear to be good for our nation or spoken about what's good for us and it's not and it's entrapping this nation underneath the work of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy her Christian heritage, the purpose, and the destiny of America as a hope and a beacon of light to the world. Now, I just want to share with you, this will not prevail in the end because God is showing us a picture that as dark as it's going to get, God's going to use his remnant and and their obedience to speak and go forward and do what he's calling them to do to dissipate the plan of the enemy, but God is going to bring the increase himself. No man is going to get the glory. He's going to dispatch his angelic army to help us in time of need. Now, the last thing I wanted to share was uh, this vision, this dream I had reminded me of a vision that goes hand to hand, I think, that I got on Feast of Trumpets back in 2020. And I'm going to share it with you in closing this podcast. And the Lord um, showed me a vision of, he just caught me up. Okay, so this is what this month is all about. And this, you know, rest season is being caught up with God, sitting on his throne so you could see things as he sees them. And I was up there sitting on next to the throne of God and I was looking down upon the universe, like all of the earth, and it was completely in darkness. And I, and I could just see this like slim outline of the earth. So that's why I knew it was the earth. And I heard weeping and just crying and sobs and these kids crying, mothers wailing, people crying. And my heart was just broken. And I was crying myself. And then, oh gosh, all of a sudden I saw... Um, God lift his hand up, um, 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before I say that, um, I saw in the midst of that darkness, it was almost like the Lord let me see these spiritual lens through all this darkness and this weeping, these white wicks, and they were standing at attention all over the nations. They were not lit, but they were standing straight up. And those white wicks represented the remnant that were standing at attention. They were ready. They were white because they're heart was giving God opportunity to circumcise them so that they could be used for his service at his time. And they were standing at attention. And then all of a sudden I saw God's hand, his right hand raise up and he, um, he motioned to an angel to go. And the angel, this ginormous angel left and he went down and he lit up all over the nations, these white wicks that were standing at attention. And I saw these lights just lighting like a Christmas tree, um, lighting up all over the earth. And then all of a sudden I saw a second angel, um, being, uh, the, uh, standing next to the throne of God and God raising up his next, his other hand. And he sent forth the second angel. And this angel was just going down to the earth with this blaze of God's glory, just, just following it. And it went into this tunnel and it lit up this tunnel with a blaze of God's glory. And that's all I saw. And I just was like riveted by the consuming fire of God in both of these scenarios. Now, one of them, this blaze of God's glory that lit up the remnant was God lighting up the remnant all at once, his army that were ready to arise and shine and allow his glory to be seen in them. And the other blaze of his glory was like a consuming fire because he's a consuming fire and he consumes all flesh and iniquity with his judgment. And so these two things were transpiring at the same time. And I release that vision that I saw with this podcast and this dream to give you guys this hope and this, this, you know, this vision ahead of you, because I believe that in the next three to four months, because we have this rest season that really entails four months, because we have a second month of Adar, where God is preparing his remnant and he is going to light up their wicks And the world is going to see them arise. And at the same time, some of God's judgment is going to come and swallow up the work of the enemy. And and the illusion is going to start breaking with his consuming fire. And so I was so encouraged by this dream because you and I need to have the target set in front of us to know the hope of his glory, the riches of his his, uh, glory, and the inheritance that we have in him, that God is going to save America and save the nations up ahead because he's coming back for the man-child, the the bride, the sons of God that the earth is groaning for so that we will rise and shine and be used by him to judge the nations as well. So take this time. 
and in this month to set aside the time to allow God to do a good circumcision in you and allow his revelation to flow through you and to be deposited in you so that you can be ready when he lights up your wig. God bless you.